The Marvels is now in theaters, and I have my follow-up to what was a pretty spicy non-spoiler review right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle, and this is my spoiler review of The Marvels. I did my non-spoiler review earlier this week, so if you haven't seen the movie or if you don't want to know what happens, you can go watch that review to get my thoughts, which were fairly negative, and then come back and watch this review, which goes a lot deeper into the reaction around the movie and then my specific thoughts on the plot. But if you have seen the Marvels and you want to talk about the movie, let's talk about it. And let's start, first of all, with the reaction that I've gotten to my review. It was a very negative review, and a lot of people were kind of surprised by how negative I was on the movie. And I've also gotten a lot of response from people saying, you're crazy, you were way too hard on it, it was so much fun, I had a great time, what did you expect, you want too much from Marvel movies, all of these different things telling me how and why I'm wrong. And to that I would say, okay, that's fine, it, I don't really care. It doesn't change what I think about the movie, it's not that I don't care what your thoughts are, but you know, I'm not really swayed in my opinion on the film because, and I've said this so many times before, Everybody looks at film differently. Everybody reacts to things differently. And I've made no secret of the fact that I am very much a story guy. I am a story-driven guy. I think it is the fundamental of what a movie needs in order to succeed. And I think that the story in the Marvels was an absolute mess. I understand that people had a great time. Some people don't care about story as much. They like the humor. They like the character interactions. I liked a lot of that stuff too. But for me, the fatal flaw of the movie was the story, and it completely undermined everything else. It is kind of funny, though, because a lot of the responses I've seen, and maybe it's because I just set a really low bar for people, are saying things like, hey, come on, I mean, I know it wasn't one of the greatest Marvel movies ever, and it wasn't even really that good of a movie, and, you know, yes, the villain was really bad, and yeah, the story didn't really make that much sense, but come on, it wasn't that bad. It's like, you know, with friends like these, who needs enemies? I definitely expected some blowback and people to disagree with me. That That's part of being a critic. I mean, th that just comes with the territory. What I didn't expect necessarily was the wide array of different types of responses that I've gotten. I have been called a misogynist for not liking the movie, but I have also moderated so many comments that are just blatantly misogynist. Like, you know, this is what happened when women direct movies. Just stuff that is so way out there and extra, and yet they coexist in the comments section. There are people that have said that I went overboard and hated the movie to shill for views and that I'm just joining the outrage train so that I can get clicks as if somehow I knew that people would know what I was going to say about the movie without putting it in the title or anything, but I've also been told that I'm still a paid Disney shill, that I didn't go far enough, that I've been on the Disney payroll for so long that I took it too easy by even acknowledging that I liked some of the characters or liked some of the actors who played the characters. So again, I'm, I'm sort of in this parallel experience where I'm both shilling for hatred and also a paid shill for Disney. I've been told that I didn't like the movie because I'm old. I've been told I didn't like the movie because I'm white. I've been told I didn't like the movie because I'm a man. I've been told that I didn't like the movie because it shouldn't be criticized and that the movie isn't meant to be analyzed, that it's just meant to be watched and enjoyed, which is really one of my, like, that's one of the most mind-blowing things, and I hear it all the time. Like, just sit back and enjoy it. It's not meant to be analyzed. Well, no, it's a movie. Like, that's literally what my job is. It's to analyze a film. It's not to be negative about a film. It's to be critical of a film in that I look at things like story, which was my big sticking point with the film. It really is one of those situations where no matter what I thought of the movie, people were going to get angry at me. And 
there are a few of those that come out every single year and you just kind of prepare yourself for it. And I knew that, you know, listen, Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and all this stuff, the conversation has been going on about this for literally years. There are people that are still angry about something that Brie Larson said at an award show five years ago. So obviously, yes, people are going to come into this locked and loaded. I will say, though, that there are some people who say that I have joined a club uh, that my eyes have been opened, uh, and that now I am uh, have been initiated into this group that uh, that I finally understand why Disney's terrible and why Brie Larson's the worst and why the Captain Marvel was the worst movie ever and oh it took you so long to figure it out but now you figured that out to, to which I would say no I I don't want to be part of your club and I think it's actually kind of ridiculous uh, you know a lot of those videos and I see them pop up in my timeline from time to time, it's kind of crazy to me that somebody would be able to make stuff for five years or more that's basically saying the same thing over and over and over again. But there are also people that watch those videos to hear people say the same thing over and over and over again. But I don't particularly think that anybody's viewpoint was validated here. I know that some people want to lay this on the fact that, oh, you hired Nita Costa to direct this movie. Or some people want to lay it on the fact that like, well, Brie Larson's the star of the movie. So of course it was going to be terrible. I actually think it is much more indicative of a institutional failure at Marvel, and it's a much bigger failure. It goes far beyond the Marvels to a lot of other different movies, including, in my opinion, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Secret Invasion on Disney+. Plus. That, to me, is where the movie went wrong, not who they chose to feature in the movie or who they chose to direct it. So that's the one thing I will reject. I don't want to be part of that club. I don't want to belong to that club. Honestly, I think a lot of folks would have been saying the same thing about the Marvels, whether it was a great movie or a terrible movie, because that's just the brand. At that point, I did honestly go into that film hoping that it was going to be really good, and it just wasn't for me, and and to to a, to a pretty large degree. Uh, but I, that is not indicative in any way of me taking some kind of a turn, the, the the scales falling from my eyes and going like, oh my god, it was Brie Larson all along. No, just no. By the way, and really just a public service announcement, if you think you're being very clever by quoting that South Park Panderverse special in the comments, I, I hate to tell you, but about 400 people have already beaten you to that. So, you know, you can do it, just it's, it's not really that original or clever. Thanks, Matt and Trey. For that, by the way, that's going to be a fun thing to deal with in the comments for years to come. Okay, so let's get away from the reaction. And usually I don't spend that much time talking about it, but I do think that it's kind of a big part when we talk about this movie. And let's talk about the movie itself. As I said in my non-spoiler review, I think the ultimate failing for the movie was the story and how it was structured. And for me, that started very early on. I don't think that things were very well connected. The Kree-Scroll stuff was kind of picked up and dropped. There was a lot of it that was overly expository as far as what I think were reshot scenes where you had to compress things that were cut, but then there was some stuff that didn't really pay off unless you knew the history, which they didn't tell you very much. I just think that there were a lot of narrative choices in this movie that were really poorly thought out, and I think that it was part of the process. And, and usually I don't consider the process foremost in my mind when I'm watching a movie unless the movie makes me consider that process. And that's really what the pace and the storytelling of the Marvels did for me. I was sitting there thinking about the process of how the story was put together because the story was so poorly. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> 
Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Put together. Darbin is also, I think, a huge critically weak spot of the movie. I just don't think she's that good of a villain. I'm sure it has been pointed out elsewhere. But halfway through the movie, I also realized that she had the same villain plan as President Scroob from Spaceballs. Like, literally, the atmosphere on her planet had run out, so she opened up a big suction thing to suck air out of another planet and give air to her planet. I Listen, I'm not a science guy. Scientifically, I'm not really sure if that would work, if you could revive the air on your planet by just pumping in a bunch of other air. Uh, the same as I'm not really sure that you could relieve a drought by dumping a bunch of seawater into an empty seabed, but, you know, that was her plan, so it is what it is. It's Mega Mate. She's gone from suck to blow. What? They're getting all their air back. Do something. Really, I just thought that the character was completely one note. And it's a shame because I think there was a lot of potential there. The idea that Captain Marvel's actions at the end of the first movie and destroying the superintelligence had these unintended consequences and caused this civil war and planetary destruction is an interesting one. And I think that that may have been the focus of a sequel that was only... Captain Marvel-centric, that it was about Carol and what happened in that last movie. But then you add in all these other ideas and it kind of got put on the back burner. But I think that's an interesting idea and I think that could have actually been a very rich conflict between a hero and a villain. The hero thinks that they saved the planet. The villain thinks that they doomed the planet and calls her the Annihilator. And then you have this very complex relationship where neither of them's totally wrong, neither of them is totally right, and... They just, they blew it, I, I think, with that because it just becomes yet another kind of cackling, I have a big hammer bad guy. And, and all of that potential psychological complexity is just gone. The idea of the bangle and the two bangles was really also something that I think was a bit short-sighted. I know that there was a little bit of set up in Ms. Marvel that, that there was a Cree origin going on there. I just don't think there was enough forethought put into the different bangles and the fact that they are ancient artifacts and that they were, you know, they tell us, oh, these big ancient artifacts were used to create all these different portals in space and that's where everyone travels. That's a cool idea, but it was so rushed in the setup and the execution that it just fell flat for me. And I think this again goes to the fact that Marvel's developing so many things simultaneously that, you know, one creative team is just barely able to read what the other creative team does before they have to jump into it. And you really don't have any development time of course, the two bands are eventually joined together, and there is a hole torn in our reality that imperils everything. And we get the finale of the film where Monica flies through this hole in reality and closes it with her Spider-Man photon powers, and then is trapped in that other reality. Putting aside the fact that this is basically the same as the ending of Quantumania, except that Quantumania immediately undid that and brought them back uh, from the quantum realm. I'm also just not entirely sure with how it's setting up what it's setting up. And this was obviously the big buzzworthy moment of the movie. I've had so many people say, how could you not like the movie based on what it set up? The end credits were so amazing. You know, we, we see Monica in that med bay. She has a variant of her mother who's in that binary Captain Marvel costume. And then of course we have the CG version of Beast. I guess they couldn't get Kelsey Grammer to put the makeup back on. I don't blame him. He's an older guy. Why make him go through all of that? I didn't think it looked particularly great, but I've always thought that Kelsey Grammer was the perfect voice for Beast. And then you have that revelation. You've got the big X-Mansion doors. And it seems like this 
this will be the inciting incident to bring the X-Men into the MCU. And the emergence of the X-Men in the MCU is something that has been very anticipated by me. I just didn't anticipate that it was going to be connected necessarily to this story or any existing Marvel story, or even the idea that you were going to be bringing in the existing Fox versions of the characters. I thought that Marvel had the rights to the characters, but that they were going to go back and rethink the X-Men and how to introduce a new version into the MCU. I'm not saying it can't work, but there are so many actors from the Fox X-Men series that I think have moved on. I mean, Patrick Stewart is getting older. I know that he's already appeared as Professor X, but you know, I don't know how many more times he's going to be up for coming in and doing a Marvel movie. Hugh Jackman is doing Deadpool 3, but that seems like kind of a one-off. He seems like he's done with the series. So many of the people from the original X-Men series, are you going to get Halle Berry back? Are you going to get James Marsden and Famke Janssen back? Do you want to bring back Sophie Turner and all the people from the new versions of the movies? There's just so much baggage associated with the existing Fox X-Men that I guess I always just assumed that they were going to completely reboot it and bring in new versions of the characters where they have more freedom and they're not tied to actors, they're not tied to existing mythology, and maybe they'll still do that, but that's not the sign that they're sending out. I am still a little stung by the whole Evan Peters thing on WandaVision because I think that that was a bit of a cheap joke. I understand that people don't necessarily agree with me on that, but I think that was them saying, oh, we're doing the X-Men, and then saying like, ah, no, boner. Ralph Boner? Boner. I didn't necessarily love the use of Professor X in Multiverse of Madness, but really it's less to do with that specific character and what they did with the sequence as a whole. But my main thing is that I was actually just very looking forward to the reinvigoration of the X-Men with some new blood creatively, with some new actors, and, you know, again, with versions of the characters that can do different things than what we've already seen. Maybe that's what the MCU has planned. And honestly, I hope that's what they have planned. But I also just wasn't anticipating that it would be tied into all of this existing story. So we'll see how they do this and how many of the X-Men from the Fox universe come back and maybe how they reinvent it. Perhaps there will be some kind of a pass the torch transitional thing. I think they could pull that off. But I'm much more wary now about the entrance of the X-Men into the MCU than I was before. As exciting as it was to hear Kelsey Grammer's voice, I'm just... Not quite sure how I feel about bringing those X-Men into the MCU. One thing that I think worked in some places was the relationship between Carol and Kamala. And Iman Vellani, and I've said it when I reviewed Miss Marvel, I said it when I reviewed the movie in the non-spoiler version, I think that she's easily the biggest asset that this group of superheroes has. She just has an infectious enthusiasm. I see that character. She's so linked to that character for me, and I think it was just perfect casting. And I so wanted this movie to be really, really good and to launch Miss Marvel successfully into the MCU and really just to kind of give her kind of a personal win um, because she has such obvious excitement for the source material and, and for playing this character. And I hope that whatever failure this movie might experience doesn't spill over onto her and her future because whether it's part of the group of younger Avengers or not, I'd prefer to kind of let her do her own thing. I do want to see more of Amon Vellani in the MCU. And I thought that she and Brie Larson did have a pretty good on-screen rapport. Again, if I'm going to criticize it, it's not them. It's the way they told the story because there was a lot of deeper stuff that, again, in a longer movie, in a more character-driven movie, 
I think could have been very interesting. There was that moment when the scrolls were being attacked and they're trying to save as many people as they can. And Kamala says, come on, come on, we got to save these people. And Carol kind of snaps at her and says, no, save who you can, let's go. And basically dooms some of these scrolls to die. And there was a really well-played moment from Amon Vellani where you see this disappointment, this disillusionment, this idea of the perfect hero that she thought that Carol Danvers was being shattered. And there's a little awkwardness between them for a couple of minutes, but it's pretty easily resolved. And I actually kind of was interested in that more so than really anything I'd seen to that point, because that I think is a really believable conflict between characters. You can have characters who eventually get along, who are part of a team. They don't have to scream at each other. They don't have to hate each other. But I thought that that was an interesting story beat. The idea of almost this maturation of Kamala where she realizes that no hero is going to be the person that you idolize. They're humans, they have shortcomings, and to have her grapple with Carol's shortcomings, to have Carol grapple with her own shortcomings, seeing it through the eyes of Kamala, I think could have been interesting, and they did about 10% of what they could have. Um, this was a very short movie, and I don't know how much of that was ever written or was ever cut out, but that was, again, for me, and this was a this is a big trend on the Marvels, a missed opportunity, where I think you had it right there, and they just kind of let it slip through their fingers. And if I had the ability to kind of view any documents in the Marvel archive, I would actually want to see the different versions of the script, what was written, what was shot, what was rewritten, what was reshot, because it's obvious that there was a lot that was at a minimum cut out, and I think, according to reports, much of it was also part of weeks of reshoots that were done, because there are so many like little pieces and fragments of things like the musical planet and the fact that Carol has a husband and she's married that could be interesting but it's given such small screen time and for something that's that's such a big swing it actually kind of surprised me that they breezed right through it it's almost like well then why did you do it at all and you can see those loose ends like the character of Carol's husband who's played by Park Seo Joon I was not familiar with him but apparently he has a massive worldwide following and I've read some reports that people were upset because he had such a small amount of screen time, less than five minutes, because especially in Korea and other parts of the world, they were really pushing him as part of this movie. And the fact that he's in it so little, I think, says that one of two things happened. Number one, he originally had a much bigger part that was cut down drastically by reshoots, which is not great and certainly a disappointment to people who are excited to see him. The second version, I think, is even worse, which is that it was an extremely cynical move to activate a worldwide fan base for a role that the people at Marvel knew was not a significant role in the movie. But I just don't think that that was the case. I think that this was a character who probably had a much bigger part in the film. And then everybody, I think, was surprised when they saw the end result to say, oh, wow, that's just a little bit of what I did. You can see those things if you're looking for them. I'm not saying that everybody has to respond as negatively as I did, but they're right there. I mean, it's really hard to argue the misshapen form of the story. It's all right out there. The biggest defense I've seen of the movie is that it's fun and it's funny, and I can't deny that I would agree with parts of that, although there were some parts that I did not find as funny as a lot of people seem to. I've seen many people quoting the whole Flurkins eating the crew members thing to memory from cats as the funniest part of the film. I, I didn't think it was that funny. Uh, again, I think it could have been if it had been properly set up, but it was such a kind of haphazard throwaway storyline, and then it seems like they just put it in 
to have this montage, which again, tonally didn't fit with so much of the other parts of the movie. But as I've been saying, I get it. Not everybody weighs those things as seriously as, as I do, tone and narrative, essentially. If it's a funny sequence, that's enough for some people. And that's, that's fine. I'm not looking down on it. It just didn't really hit. Welcome to Codependence. What's up, guys? I'm Sierra Miller, and I want you to join me and my sister, Maya Allen, every week for the inside scoop into our sisterhood. You will be getting front row access to the good, the bad, the ugly, and the pretty. So come let your guard down with your fellow codependents as we laugh and, of course, cry our way through this crazy world. See you every Wednesday. for me like it did for a lot of other people. It's funny because I've often been told that I'm too easy on comic book movies. People said, I can't believe you liked Ms. Marvel, or I can't believe you didn't hate Blue Beetle, which I didn't hate Blue Beetle. I thought it was fine, but I didn't think it was a dumpster fire. I certainly didn't hate either of the two Venom movies. I actually quite liked the first one. The second one I thought was fine because they may be simple and they may have storytelling flaws, but they still are coherent stories. They're still put together in a way that even if the story isn't great, it's still a story. And this movie didn't have that. And that's why I came down so much harder on this movie than I have a lot of other comic book films. I actually am a comic book movie fan. And I would say that I do generally probably skew a little bit more positive on the genre than many other critics. It's just that I couldn't get there with this one. It does have some funny moments. It does have some good performances. It does have some good action scenes. It's not completely devoid of any kind of positivity. And it is disappointing because I understand that there are stakes larger than whether the Marvel movie is good or not as far as who gets to be cast as the leads in superhero films. And again, when you're already a target for extremely negative discourse, and I don't mean negative as in, oh, I didn't like the movie. That just happens. I mean, there... People act like there's not different levels of negativity toward the film, but there's a difference between not liking a movie because of the content of the movie or whatever, and not liking a movie because of who's in it. And people will deny up and down that that happens on the internet, but I, I, I have eyes and I have ears and I know that that happens. And I know that if you do actually produce a film that is critically divisive and that I think does have some narrative flaws, all that does is amplify that talk because you do get people that don't necessarily subscribe to that camp also saying negative things about a movie and then that's amplified and you know I understand so the stakes are high I think it's unfortunate for Marvel that this was the movie where I think all of their creative problems came to a head but at the same time I'm not going to soften my thoughts on it and and I think that Marvel should kind of pay the price Marvel the institution should kind of pay the price for what I think is a pretty sloppy creative process. I just think, unfortunately, there's a lot of collateral damage to that as far as talent that is involved in the film and that maybe necessarily didn't have a say on things like story structure and the script of the movie. So those are my spoiler-filled thoughts on the Marvels. What do you think? Was story not as important? Are you in the I thought it was pretty fun camp? Let me know down in the description below and stay tuned right here on the channel. I'm going to have my If I Ran Marvel video that comes out next week, which will address a little bit of what I talked about here, as well as some other steps I would take to try to right the ship. And it is definitely not just confined to the Marvels. And I've got some other stuff coming out, reviews and a couple of really fun things, including my longest video ever that you'll see in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to bring that to you. Thanks so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe and I'll see you then.